Hey, everybody, we're back with a brand new episode of Obsession Sessions. My name is Layla. And I'm Dipti. And we're talking about our favorite uh, shows. And this week, we're talking about The Staircase. And we promise that we're not going to do true crime stuff all the time. It's just that we, like all of America, are currently obsessed with true crime. So, this is a 10-part docu-series that was on Sundance, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say sort of like a mix between the jinx and making a murderer. Not as biased, I would say, as making a murderer. Staircase follows the story of Mike Peterson and the trial that he had to go through because he was convicted of murdering his wife who you know fell down the stairs but the cops showed up and it turns out that there was way too much blood on the stairs uh for it to seem as if the death was accidental in addition to all of that i guess the prosecution finds that another woman in mike peterson's life also died falling down a set of stairs and so it was like this additional very odd coincidence Uh, Mike Peterson is an author, so he happens to have a lot of money and he hires these really great lawyers and they have focus groups and what do you call them? Like a like a witness, not a witness expert, like a a witness coach, a witness coach, which was basically like an acting coach. Right. I mean, it was I didn't even know that such a thing existed. I just didn't know that you could hire someone specifically for that job. I had always just thought that like lawyers just are like, these are things you should say. And like, honestly, I am a lawyer and I did not know that existed. I was a prosecutor. So uh, lawyers are the ones who prep you. The docuseries takes us through this, the court case and you see how much money is spent. And an example is, they hire a witness coach. They have these focus groups. I mean, these are not things that normal normally people can happen. Afford. Right, right, right. And I think at some point, Mike Peterson kind of alludes to that, right? He's like, if I were poor, I wouldn't be able to right. do half of the stuff that I am affording to get some sort of defense. Um, and so in that regard, I think the staircase is really interesting. So at the very end, of course, you know, he gets convicted of the crime he ends up spending i'm not sure if they say exactly how much how many years he's in jail but it's like it's like it's several years before the retrial happens right and then a retrial occurs and then he was finally released to electronic home monitoring yeah home monitoring right so yeah that's it in a nutshell you just follow this crazy court case and right. a, a lot of it is very, it's court heavy. And it's just, when Serial came out season one um, in 2014 in the fall, that's when I first started hearing about the staircase, which I keep wanting to call the suitcase. But, um, <laughs> there uh, are no suitcases in the staircase. None, none, guys. So um, people just started saying, oh, you need to look, you need to watch the staircase. It was just in was all over Twitter and the blogosphere and everyone just kept mentioning that it was this incredible true crime documentary. And and so because, did you did you think it was amazing? Um, I definitely felt emotions during it. I teared up a couple times during it. Yeah. And I um, I definitely enjoyed watching it. It was not a chore, but making a murderer gripped me more and the jinx was like crap to me i mean that was only six episodes and had that insane twist right and and serial season one is still so i mean the staircase does have that weird twist i mean well the thing's like bisexual that's a huge twist oh that's right yeah so that was like but it's like it's such a dumb twist because it's literally like yeah i mean i'm not that by that right i mean i but i do think it is i mean it's a i mean basically the prosecution also used the fact that the guy was bisexual that mike peterson was bisexual as a like a reason for why he would murder his wife because like their marriage wasn't happy and you know clearly he was 
having affairs on the DL with like other men. Um, but at some at, at one point in the trial, they even have a male escort, uh, you know, on the stand. And Which, he's like, I have to tell you, Layla, that guy was one of the highlights of this entire docuseries for me. It was hysterical. When he was on the stage, yeah. he's like, I'm with doctors, I'm with lawyers, and then the courtroom erupts, and then he's like, judges, and and it was just so funny, and he made that woman prosecutor blush and laugh so hard. Right, right. I, and she seemed unbreakable to me, and yeah. she- Yeah, I was going to oh, say, loved to, it. to me, his, uh, him being on the stand was really interesting, because I think the prosecution was trying to use him as leverage for- indicating that Mike Peterson's marriage was a sham. But right. almost the contrary happened because... Totally the, the like, contrary. Yeah. yeah, totally the contrary seemed to happen because he was like, listen, yeah, we were exchanging emails. We were down to fuck. But then something logistical happens in his like travel plans and they're unable to hook up. But at the same time, he's like, listen, yeah, every in every single email that Mike sent to me, he's like talking about his wife, like he wouldn't shut up about his wife, which is not a thing that typically happens with my clients. Right. So um, it really it helped Mike Peterson. I mean, it helped, I well, I mean, it helped I mean, Mike Peterson, but in the yeah. but not to the jury of 12. Um, right. I would say going back to what you said about not being as gripping as making a murderer or not as gripping as the jinx. I would say I agree. I think the staircase was really interesting in terms of really getting into the bones of what... What a rich defendant can buy. What a rich defendant can buy. And just everything that you can do to try and protect yourself from any sort of, you know, legal proceedings, right? Right. But I will say that the one thing that I found... I don't know, maybe less fun about The Staircase is that as a character, Mike Peterson is kind of not. I don't know that I want to say boring, but he's just not. Yeah, I don't think he's boring. He's not persuasive to me, but I also don't think he's that interesting either. I mean, this is a guy who's an author, so he has an interesting creative profession. But I think as a result, his you know, his language is very flowery. He almost seems kind of detached from the murder to a certain degree. It's almost as if he's just, because he's so smart and wise to everything that's kind of going on, mm-hmm. it's almost as if, I mean, it's not like Stephen Avery where here's a person who is really like struggling to understand all of these yeah. legal proceedings Um, Definitely not like Brendan Dassey, who clearly has zero idea of what's going on. And on the flip side, unlike unlike Robert Durst, who's like so detached from humanity in general that it's just kind of like, oh, like this guy's just interesting to watch. I there was something about Mike Peterson that I was just sort of like, yeah, I'm not invested in you as a person. I was invested in his family. I thought his family was really yeah. interesting. See, I, I was invested he- in Mike Peterson because I was vested in his family. But if I had an issue with Mike Peterson, it was this. I never saw him cry for his dead wife, uh, express pain over her death, or like, I missed her. I but miss he did her. cry in the courtroom. May, at least maybe two or three times. That was... But that's it. Like, you know, when they're sitting, chilling out, hanging out, planning the defense strategy and all of that, like, he doesn't right, once right. get emotional. That's true. They're and like, neither do they're the ma- kids. Yeah. I mean, I also have to put myself in the perspective of if I was accused of a murder that I allegedly didn't commit, right? Mm-hmm. Would I also resort to making jokes in order to sort of deal with that stress and I feel like the answer to that would uh, the answer to that would be yes I mean first of all it's like crazy that the blood stain is still like in their house for like years and it doesn't bother anyone like this is mommy's blood right and and I'm assuming that like clearly they just can't get rid of it because it's evidence and like it needs to be there I mean at one point they have 
the entire jury kind of come through the house and look at the staircase and look at the blood patterns uh, to kind of see for themselves like what happened. Uh, yeah. At least, and you, you know, know, blood um, splatter wise. Another thing that I liked during that scene when the jury came to their to his house was how funny um, our man, the defense attorney, David Rudolph was. He he was just like jokey and he was jokey with the press and with the jurors and with the prosecutors. And the prosecutors were just stiff and lame. And then Rudolph was like cool and fun. He, he was. He was like he the was. cool. He, he made so many jokes during this documentary. And during your strategy sessions, he was awesome. And he was a personal. I liked seeing how his mind was running. And he just, he's like a guy you want to hang out with. You know? Yeah. Like a smart I, dude you want to hang out with. Right. I mean, that's actually interesting that you say that. Because now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, just like making a murderer where you're just like, ooh, the real heartthrobs are the lawyers. Right. Um, right. And... Yeah. <laughs> And I think, listen, like, like going I want back, David Rudolph to like protect me, you know, like in life, <laughs> just in general, every day he just shows up, yeah, make sure everything's he all right. Shows up, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the the joke, the jokiness of the family didn't. I mean, I think it troubled me at first, but then I was like, no, I think this is probably just the this family's way of coping with this horrible thing, like. You know, at some point, uh, Mike Peterson's brother, Bill, shows up. I think they're having dinner. I think this might be the mm-hmm. the day before, um, you know, the sentencing. And clearly it's around uh, Halloween time. And Bill, Mike's brother, kind of makes some joke about them dressing up as Mike Peterson for Halloween and, like, going around and, like, murdering people. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that was so great. I mean, it's just, like, the jokes are very dark and they're very... I mean, I guess I would see how some people would find it disconcerting or uncomfortable, but I'm like, I think this is how I would react to it, too, just if I was in that scenario. Like, Right, yeah. They were... I yeah. Think, I think Mike Peterson is funnier than you're giving him credit for. I mean, because oh, he wasn't—he was, he was yeah. laughing at the jokes too. Like he was like, "That's cool," you know. He was—I um, don't know—even like during the strategy sessions, there were so many good ones that they showed with the attorney, with the defense attorney. Like what? And like um, when they were just trying to decide whether Mike should take the stand or not, and they were—and so David Rudolph was throwing out potential cross-examination questions by the prosecution. And just the ones he was throwing at him were hysterical. He was like, so then you like sucking his dick, you know? Like, I mean, it was just, he was so funny about it. And it was also smart and possible questions that he could have gotten crossed on. And right. how he would get burned every time. You really just saw how a case is built, really. Like a defense case. I thought, yeah. see, I... I don't want to fully compare this to the other true crime things that are popular, but I think it's such a good, if you're obsessed with true crime, then it's a great companion piece to watch because everyone shows something different. Like in Stephen Avery's, you see how a poor defendant makes do, you know, like he has an attorney and then he can't have one. And then, you know, um, other people have to step in, et cetera, et cetera. The jinx is about this insane madman, Robert Durst, who has no humanity and has personality disorders and is insane. And and then this one is just like, here's a really rich, stable guy. Uh, how does he get through it? And then Serial, right. obviously, was Serial, season one, a high school kid. And I don't know. I think they're all interesting. But in terms of the most fun to watch... Right. I mean, I think for me, I just always have to compare them just based on, for me, like, it's always like on a media perspective. I mean, for me, the jinx is like very clearly not even so much because, I mean, you spend maybe 20 minutes on the trial. Like, what you're really following is Robert Durst. Your father. The documentary is not so much about legal proceedings or the law. And in making a murderer, for me, it's like, that to me is like a very biased documentary. I mean, to the point where for sure, for sure, it, to the point where it's like if you're comparing making a murderer to the staircase, I think because I think the staircase is so much more 
so much more documentary capital D than making a murderer is. Making a murderer is like really visually stunning, um, but it's you can tell that it's like we're coming in with a very clear angle position, a very clear angle perspective, and we just we need to follow this. And it could be, you know. The very idea that uh, the staircase is like produced by Canal Plus, and so it's like this whole like foreign angle to documentaries, where I think in recent years American documentaries have been very I I'm gonna say fantastical, like in the like super size me Michael Moore sort of mm-hmm. vein of documentaries. Um, I think that the staircase was more biased than you think it was. I think it was also very biased, but it was it was just it was more fly on the wall um in right. terms of like the defense strategy, but when you watch it, you're pretty much on Mike Peterson's side. I mean, I it didn't take me long to be like, "Oh, okay, he didn't do it. That's what I'm supposed to think at least right now." I mean, I'll never know, but I'm going to go with he didn't do it. That was pretty right. soon on. Like, I think it was very biased. I don't know that I would say very biased. I think um, definitely not very biased, like making a murderer was. No. Where, no. No. where they're clearly omitting, like, huge details about Stephen Avery's life just because it doesn't concede with the image that they're trying to portray of him. I mean, look, you make a documentary, you're going to have an angle. That's just the... That's, that's how just you do the it. Nature. Yeah, that's right. just the nature of... you. Go in there with a purpose and an angle. But I think at the end of the day, the producers of The Staircase, I don't think were ever thinking that there was going to be, you know, a similar death that occurred in Germany of all places. Remember when the lawyer said he turns to the filmmakers? I loved when he did that. He did that like, yeah. a few times. And he's he like, goes, oh, now you like, got yourself I- a good film. And the thing that's interesting is that he's right because otherwise it was just like okay here's just here's a, a case yeah here's a case that's kind of mysterious just because here's a woman that fell down the stairs and yeah there's a lot of blood like there's a lot of blood where yeah. like any police officer that would go in would probably in their right mind would be like okay this is very suspicious like this woman didn't yeah. just like fall down the stairs she had lacerations on her head and yeah. um you know there's just not enough evidence um, to the point where the prosecution's case really lied on their presumption that it was a, uh, what was it called? Like a blow, like a blowpipe? Oh, blowpipe, which I had no idea was until after I finished the series. I couldn't bring myself to Google it for some reason. I don't know why, but it's a blow called a blowpoke. I which mean, was, what? <laughs> okay. That? Okay. Side note. Blowpokes are these... Like, they look like little tubes. You can blow through them. It has, like, a little tip at the end of it. I guess you use it for, like, fireplaces. I'm not rich. I do not have a fireplace. <laughs> but apparently, Kathleen, the woman, the, the victim, the woman who fell down the stairs, her sister was so enamored by this blowpoke <laughs> that she decided to give everyone in her family a blowpoke for a Christmas. Blowpoke. It's the worst gift. I don't, first of all, I don't know why this woman was like, oh, this is great. I'm just going to give everyone in my family like a reject home goods item. <laughs> um, and so uh, naturally, the Petersons were like, great, throw it in the basement because right. this isn't going to be a thing that we're ever going to use. This is a really um, dumb gift. <laughs> but the prosecution like rested their entire case on the presumption that this blowpoke was-, was the murder weapon. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you know, they find they fished out that Mike Peterson was bisexual and had, you know, proclivities for meeting up with men and having sex with them, which he concedes that Kathleen knew about. And that was it was just like a thing that they were kind of open and she accepted and it was not a big deal. But, you know, the prosecution used that as a as a big point in their case. Like this marriage is not happy. Um, and. And then, of course, the the other the other body, they spent some time in Germany for a little bit. um, And this woman had had some sort of like brain aneurysm or something and had fallen down the stairs. The German coroners had already labeled the death like a regular accidental death. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet the body was exhumed in Texas and driven 
all the way up to North Carolina to be examined by the same medical examiner that examined Kathleen. It was just so terrible. It's a lot of really silly things to the point where you, as a viewer, I mean, and this is kind of the same thing that happens when you're watching Making a Murderer or even like the jinx where you're just like, what is going on in the mind of this jury where they're not like, these are like some really fucked up. I mean, the prosecution cheated. That's really what they did. David Rudolph was so good at showing that, I thought. Right. I mean, the fact that there was no murder weapon and that the prosecution essentially was like, we are guessing that this is the murder weapon. And then that the defense finally illustrates, finds finds the the blow poke and shows that the blow poke had literally been sitting in the basement for months. Maybe years, no, even. Like two, it, maybe two years. Yeah. It bugs all over it. Um, it had bugs everywhere. And it's just like, but the jury decides to find him guilty. And then to me, like, those are the moments where I'm just like, that's the real scary part about the legal system is that, yeah. I mean, you can have all the money in the world by yourself, focus groups by yourself, the best of the best lawyers and defense team. You can have blood splatter experts and uh, witness coaches and, you know, buy yourself a brand new wardrobe, like reinvent yourself entirely. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like 12 randos can just be convinced of the fact that like, yeah, you possibly murdered her with this murder weapon. That's been stupid gift. (laughs) Yeah, with this stupid gift that's been sitting in the basement for like two years. And that also because you're bisexual like clearly your marriage wasn't a happy one and that i mean they literally just bought the whole prosecution case they just bought it you know it was just so sad i mean it's weird to me like that's the part that i always get really spooked about is like yeah for me the biggest fear is the juries because yeah in my mind i'm like this is just a condensed version of family feud where, like, anytime right. you're watching Family Feud, I'm like, oh, I got to dumb down my answers because they're asking, like, a hundred random Americans, what's another word for car, you know? Or, like, what, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and Name so, something that you drive. And right, so, yeah, yeah exactly. That, to me, is, like, always the biggest, the biggest fear because, you know, you're yeah. watching this documentary and, like, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's told from the angle of the defense team, but... You're watching it and you're like, the prosecution isn't giving me anything where I'm like, okay, with beyond a reasonable doubt, this guy did it. You know, it's like, no, we're we're we literally do not have a murder weapon. We think it's this thing. We sort of can piece together a motive, but it's not anchored to the point where like what we were just talking about. They had the escort up there and the escort was like. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that the wife knew because he was talking about his wife in the email the whole right. time. And not even just I'm married, but like, I really like my wife. Like, why is he telling a male escort about how much he likes his wife? It's clear that he likes his wife, you know? Um, right. Uh, and another thing that also does play into things is if the jury or even sort of like the ju- judges can be biased, uh, they don't like the lawyers. That has a mental effect on juries. And these prosecutors were so unlikable to me. The Jim Harden guy had the most dead monotone voice. I had no interest in hearing anything that he right. had to say. He was not right. dynamic. I mean, I did love the woman's voice and her accent and how she She had a great accent. And best. she also had fantastic eye makeup. I am being Always. very sarcastic, but... <laughs> If she I could all- do my eye makeup like that woman, I would do it. She uh. was kind of like, you remember that character from the Drew Carey show? No. Like that. Did you not watch that? Oh, yeah, she yeah, yeah. constantly no, wear like I know. blue eyeshadow. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I didn't watch the show, but I know exactly who you're talking about. That is totally someone that would could play her. Oh, that's totally right. Oh, oh, which brings me to the following. We, okay, I will say this about the staircase. There were a couple of things. Because the staircase stays so much time in the courtroom there's like a lot of courtroom stuff I found myself to be playing on my phone a lot of the time just just because I was like I don't have to see the courtroom like I just really need to listen to what the courtroom is doing is saying Uh right 
that's what I was doing. But in the meantime, I also started casting a little bit in my mind. And you started casting a little bit in your mind. Should we start casting? Yeah, I think I want to start in our Hollywood version of The Staircase. Well, who plays your David Rudolph, the defense attorney? Gary Cole. 100%. We independently thought that. Like, yeah. he is totally Gary, Gary Cole. Cole. He's on Veep, if you don't know who he is. Just look him right. up. He is. Look him up. He is David Rudolph. Um, the female prosecutor. No, the female prosecutor. Who, by the way, also I loved how she called it, called people Lars instead of liars. Well, you're Lars. just Lar. You're just you're a Lar. I could hear her talk for the rest of my life and be so happy. Yeah. Oh, I just, oh, and when she had to ask about sex things to the prostitute guy, I, I just Oof. loved it. What kinds of things? She was very upset about having to she, ask that. She has never, ever, ever known what gay men do. <laughs> like, she's never had a gay friend. No. No. Well, no, it, she clearly doesn't because of that eye makeup. Any gay <laughs> any gay friend would be like, no. Not allow that. I like your person better from the Drew Carey show, but I also thought Debbie Mazer, who um Oh yeah. Who was in uh Goodfellas. You have to just look her up. She's also an entourage, which is what I know her mostly from. Right. But uh she totally could play her. Also about the the female prosecutor called everyone a lar. I also kind of, and I'm being only a little sarcastic, I loved seeing her hairdos every day. They were very quaff. That's true. Yeah, they were. She, yeah. It was she a French braid or it was like slick back. Slick back. Yeah, she always had something going her on with hair her hair. was done. In addition to the ladies, uh, there's a there's a little bit where the uh, the crew goes to Germany uh, and we meet Mike Peterson's first wife. Patty. Yeah. Patty. And I think we both were like, who is Patty? Who could play Patty? And I think we were both like Shirley MacLaine. Totally. I Well, I had a longer list of people, but Shirley MacLaine was the second person. I she was your second. She was your second. She's pick. like this hippy dippy. She's super. Could be a witch. I don't know. You know, yeah. like. I mean, I mean like, she's probably pouches. Wiccan. This woman definitely totally. has crystals. Like, she believes in the power of crystals. If this woman totally. did not live in Germany, she would live in Berkeley. Totally. That's where she would live. She recycles. She she gardens. Oh, Peggy definitely recycles. She has a compost bin. Yeah. Oh, she. if you don't compost, she is going to yell at you. Patty yeah. is not having that. Patty is not having a no compost situation. She, um, might, she might make some of her own clothes. I think she probably does. It's it certainly seemed that way. She was definitely wearing like beads and stuff, which I kind of appreciated, which probably made me mm. think of the crystals and then led me right. to Shirley MacLaine. But here's who else I had. I had Lily Tomlin could play her. Okay. Jane Fonda, which is a little bit of a stretch, but you have to like really imagine it. Not not newsroom Jane Fonda, but more of a old school Jane Fonda. I think that she has the acting ability to pull it off. Or Meryl Streep or Glenn Close. Yeah. I think that's a solid list. Oh, you know who else could play her from Six Feet Under? The mom, Ruth. She could 100,000% play her. You know what, though? I would go back and I would re... I would say maybe Kathy Bates would do a good Peggy. Maybe Kathy Bates could. So many people. So so many people. Yeah. But Peggy... Peggy? Patty? Patty? Patty. Patty Patty is like... She literally comes, I mean, she's there for maybe, like, in the total of, like, the 10, well, the six hours that the docuseries is. Well, eight hours. Well, six, maybe seven. It's, like, six to eight. Um, I think she's, like, in it for maybe, like, an hour, but she she's made barely such in an, it, but. She made such yeah. an impression on me. She really did. I was, like, I just found her to be very soothing. I wanted her to, like, talk a lot. Like, I was did kind of. Did you find. I was swayed by her aura. <laughs> I really was. Were you? She knows a lot about auras, by the way. Yeah, she definitely does. I have to say, I don't know that I would get along with Patty. It's a she's too earthy for me. Oh, see, I, I would kind of like unearthy. Yeah, I no, I get that. I feel like I would be one of those people that I'm just like fascinated by her, but like also in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, shut up! Like you can't. Yeah. Like, she goes to, like, naked parties, even at her age, you know, where it's just, like, be free. 
I'm like, yeah, no, some, I don't want to be that free. It's like, or something, right? Where I'm just like, I just, I need to hear you talk, but then I also need to leave in an hour. Right. One last thing about her is that I found it really interesting that she was present, period. She was there for the whole trial, and it was her, it's her ex-husband yeah. being on trial for murder of the new wife. Right. That you know, so it's just like, wow, they must have had a good relationship. And that's one thing that the docuseries, I just had a question about. Like, can we find out why Patty's here? That would have made him more human. I think there are human elements to him. But, like, for example, he has a good relationship with his ex-wife. Um, and they just didn't explore any of that, which is why you didn't find him super personable. Right. Unless, like, she's not even there for him. She's really there. I mean... For her okay. sons. Her sons. So, guys, side note. here, There's like a weird family tree that happens in this series that we didn't touch upon before. Because, I mean, it's, it's an interesting anecdote about the family, but it has nothing to do with the case necessarily. But essentially what happens is Mike and Patty are married. They have two sons. I think the two sons are born here, but they're they're currently they go and they live in Germany for a little bit because Mike is stationed there while he's in the army. Mm -hmm. And while they're stationed in the army, Patty is teaching uh, at a local school in in this town in Germany. And she makes friends with this woman um, who's Liz. And they become best of friends. Liz and her husband and Patty and Mike become like besties, just mm-hmm. like a couple besties. Liz and her husband die. Not together, but they literally die within like, I don't know, like a month or a two couple years. of months. Two, two years. years. Two years. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, pretty close, right? Yeah. To one another. Liz, again, as a reminder, also falls down the stairs after she's had like a brain aneurysm and she takes tumble down the stairs. Patty and Mike then adopt their two kids, Liz and uh, her husband's kids. Right. Martha and and Margaret. Eventually, they get divorced and Mike comes back to the States with the four kids. Patty stays behind in Germany. She's like now an expat that lives in Germany. Yeah. Mike eventually marries Kathleen, who has a daughter. Caitlin. From a previous marriage named Caitlin. So now it's his Two original kids from his first wife. The two adopted daughters from the bestie couple. Mm -hmm. And then Caitlin, the daughter that came with Kathleen. So they're like a modern day Brady Bunch. I mean, they're like all living together in this like, I want to say modest home, but you guys, it's a fucking mansion. It's like a huge house. It's a nice house. It's a nice house. I mean, it's a, I think it's a mansion. I think it's a mansion. I think so. I mean, don't you get like a mansion-y feel from it? No, I don't. I didn't. I just thought it was a nice house. Like they have money. Huh. They're in the South. It's just I mean, like- I think I think it's like I maybe it's just because I'm thinking like there's like a walkway. You go to that giant pool, which like they kept showing that shot of the fountain in the <laughs> pool like every time. Where it's like, yeah, I get it. Like it's noisy. And then every time I would hear like the water trickle, I'd have to pause and then go to the bathroom. <laughs> So you peed a lot. I peed a lot during the staircase, everyone, because that shot of the uh, fountain just set it off. It was, and it was, there was um, nothing happening. Yeah, it just seemed shots. like they were, it just seemed like they were, you know, they lived in an, like an estate, I guess. And do you, do you know what, they, also their family life reminded me of just like, they were like a freaking family ties family. They were just so, they just seemed so... Uh, right kumbaya like there's yeah although i will right except that i will counter that for me the thing that the thing that gets very weird and one of the things that i kind of wish that the documentary touched upon more at one point caitlin leaves uh they they show some news footage of caitlin being interviewed by like a local newscaster and she's like yep my dad is not the person that i thought he was he clearly was a he he's clearly a murderer uh and now like i don't you know i don't i don't believe him and i don't want to live with so she leaves the house like Mm -hmm. she ends up leaving things that i found out after the staircase is that Apparently, Caitlin is also an expat living somewhere outside of the States because she lives in fear of her father. 
Yeah, I didn't know that till you told me that. Um, that I, I, I had like read that more. somewhere. I don't know if she's like maybe maybe she's back in the states, but just doesn't live in North Carolina or like in Durham or whatever. But my understanding is that she's an expat, like she lives out of the country because she's just fearful of her well, father I just... committing some sort of thing. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, and this is like a weird, uh, like post the staircase scenario as the credits start rolling for the lot from the final uh episode i was like wait a minute this is this this thing so when we started doing when we started doing this the serially obsessed somebody had tipped me to listen to criminal which is another serial like podcast series but instead of doing like a week-to-week story it just does like little nuggets of of uh, trials that sort of have a have a common theme, bend. yeah. Um, that have a common theme, and so in the first episode, the common theme was animals, and so this theory is that Kathleen Peterson possibly took a tumble down the stairs, but that the lacerations on her head are due to an owl attack, which is nuts to me which is crazy yeah it's very very crazy um but it's like a huge theory it's a huge theory um the thing that's crazy is like that evening they were outside so the possibility that i mean one i did not know that owls attacked humans that is not a thing that i knew um i mean i guess i'm not surprised owls have talons they're birds of prey yeah but I just wouldn't think that, like, an owl would ever be like, oh, cool, human head. I'm going to go for it. Right. Um, but so that's the theory that they um, they're, yeah, but they were seems- assuming they're exhuming the body because apparently there was like little little bits of like microscopic feathers in Kathleen's like nails Wait, and, are they- and hand and hair. Are they going to exhume her body? Do we know that? I think that's what they were. They're trying to get uh, done and get a, get done in right. court right because he faces retrial he's not Correct. although he possible he could take an alfred plea but um what it seems to be the owl theory and it, it could also be a, just another huge bird of prey but what it seems to be according to some things we read is that the bird probably had started attacking her outside when she was at the pool with the fountain but her, you know, and as you know, that was really loud, that fountain, so... Oh, uh, that fountain. So Mike Peterson probably couldn't hear her screaming, bloody murder, and the owl either... I don't know if that bird came inside, but maybe, like, just getting attacked by a huge freaking bird like that, probably. Right. And she was also on... Um, she, she had a little wine, but she was also... What was the pill she popped? I think she was... I think she had taken a Valium or something earlier Yeah, that day. something like that. So she was probably completely discombobulated and trying to rip the bird out of her head and um, fell down the stairs. She was, like, discombobulated. I mean, that has to be the case because... Otherwise, they would have seen the bird inside, and they would have seen like a right. ton so more bird that to me, that to me is like the one tricky thing about the owl theory, right? Is that my opinion would be, and I don't know anything about owls. I'm just thinking my logic brain is saying if it was a bird attack, and you're you know like struggling with your hands in the air trying to like fight this bird off of your head. Mm-hmm. That there would logically be more than just microscopic feathers, right? In your I think hands. the bird didn't come in because another thing is like a bird doesn't know what a door is. Okay, but the but whether the bird goes in or not, like I would imagine that there would be more feathers, like either at the, like the outside of the house or even like in her hair or on her hands or yeah. on her nails. Like there would be some sort of uh, I don't know, some sort of proof of struggle against yeah. an animal. But, you know, so um, if you don't know about that. And honestly, theory, like birds get inside buildings all the time. I mean, like that's not. Yeah, that's not but a, this is like a like, house. I think Mike Peterson would have. I feel like birds get seen the bird. 
birds they get into houses. Listen, possum got into my friend's apartment like a few I've years ago. I've had a bird ago. in my house before, but let me yeah, just tell see? you, it's really hard to get them out. So oh, I think of that course. It's, it's like impossible. So I, I just, yeah, I don't know why, but the bird probably... But I wonder how far apart the door was from the stairs. The stairs. I don't know that. So, right, like, unless, you know, she was attacked and she was, like, trying to get upstairs to, like, you know, clean the blood off or, like, kind of find, figure out what the hell just happened to her. Clunk. She, like, smashes her, you know, she's discombobulated. She trips. She smashes yeah. her head on the stairs. And that's it. And that's, right? that could be why there's, you know, there's more blood because she was being clawed at by a bird. But for the listeners who don't know this theory... um. You may recall that she had all those, like, small lacerations in her head, which is why they think that, you know, he killed her with the blowpoke. Um, but really, that those were consistent with talents. Talon imprints. Right. So it's what... a really great theory, but it's just mind-blowing. I, I couldn't right. believe it when you told me that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also kind of an interesting thing that it wasn't... I mean... I need to go back and, like, figure out who postulated this theory about the owl. Um, but apparently it's a thing that happens. Like, people have reported being attacked by owls and things of that nature. And so... Um, and owls are considered omens to Indians. So that, when when I learned the owl theory, I got really scared because owls terrify me. I was, like, raised to be super scared of owls. Oh, that's weird. So, so then how did, how, did, how did you deal with, like, the big hipster owl craze of, like, oh, the 2000s? From, oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? It was a little hard. That that was, like, very um Because I feel like owls are now currently on everything. Are they? You know, yeah. Who, yeah, they you know are. who started wearing owl stuff a lot was um the Flight of the Concords guys. That's when I think it started getting big animals on shirts but i didn't know that right. was specific to owls yeah i think owls i mean owls and cats i mean lots of animals but i think owls yeah. is like a big it's like a big big you know deal what? it didn't really bother me but now maybe i don't know i have to think twice about hey, that keep your eyes i'm very surprised well, that this wasn't a thing that affected you because i feel no. like there were owls everywhere on pillows yeah but those owls are like drawn cutely <laughs> okay, so you you mean like your fear is just of a real owl, real owls, not a cartoon okay. owl, <laughs> um, not cartoon you know or drawn going, owls. Okay, you know, going back to your Caitlin thing real quick, um, I think that it's safe to just presume that she, like, you want to know more. I think that there's kind yeah. of maybe nothing more to know. Actually, like she just was like, my dad's bisexual. What? My life is turned upside down. My mom's dead. I don't know what to believe anymore. Screw all this. I, I don't know. Up from down, right from left, black from white. Uh, I'm out of this family. I think that it's just that simple. Maybe so. I mean, I think I just think that I find it very curious. I kind of wish they talked she's... shit about her more. Like, I wanted to hear them gossip about her. I, I really just wanted to know more about why she turned but i mean it has to be for those i mean yes most likely but it would have been interesting to get an interview with her um and it's oh, very likely sure. that she, you know it's very likely that she denied the producers and was just like no i'm not i'm like out of I'm this completely that happened yeah um because the thing that's interesting is that none of the other kids you know shied away they were so supportive of the dad they were at every single trial um never you know, doubted it, him for a second never doubted him for a second except in the very last episode or like one of the very last episodes yeah. one of the daughters is like well i mean we'll never know for sure for sure but you know and i'm pretty sure so my dad bizarre. didn't do it and i was, was like oh that was the right. only time in the entire 10 episode docuseries that anybody said well, of course it's possible he killed her. You know? Right, right. It was Yeah, it's like all of a sudden like this little doubt shadow was cast. And I was like, right. oh, this is interesting that she said that. Um Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, like as a viewer, I'm like, I am. I'm in I'm intrigued about Caitlin and why she why she left. And and also Kathleen's sisters. Oh, um, they were awful. Who, but obviously yeah, they wanted just closure. Like, I mean they wanted I get, yeah. someone to blame. I, I and get that, that. And that's, yeah, and absolutely that's like a valid thing. But it just seemed really interesting to me because it didn't seem like they had a relationship with Mike or Kathleen. Right, really. which is, which is uh, surprising because Mike and Kathleen had such a good relationship. You I know? mean, it seemed that way, right? Yeah, it definitely seemed that way. So, like, didn't, wouldn't their Kumbaya family want to hang out with her sisters, too? Well, I mean, that's it. It could very well be that she didn't get on with her sisters. That's true. I mean, that happens. You know. Oh, you know, we have to tell them who we're casting as Mike Peterson. It's oh, like beyond God. clear. Guys, oh my gosh. Okay, this was the like a, the minute the documentary started, I was like John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Yeah. The the They're- like the the main resident doctor from Scrubs. Like, he right? is Mike Peterson. He is. He, he might actually be. He looks exactly like Mike Peterson. Yeah, totally. I thought that the medical examiner, who I think we're supposed to hate, uh, Dr. Deborah Rad- Radish, she could be played by Shelley Long, in my opinion. Ooh, I think that's a good, I think that's a good cast. Oh, one last thing that we forgot to mention. Guys, uh, this is, we should be more orderly. Um, but another interesting thing that happens in the case, which is uh, what will, ev- what eventually ended up helping uh, Mike Peterson get the retrial is that um, one of the fellows from the uh, crime scene investigation unit was then committed, like, had been convicted of sort of, like, fudging oh, the, the numbers blood, to get... The bloodstain yeah. pattern guy. Yeah. Uh, he is the devil. He is our Krantz from Making a Murderer. He is the equivalent. He is our Krantz from Making a Murderer. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I right now, I think this guy is up for uh, trial, and I think he might be... Uh, you know, he's, he's being criminally facing, prosecuted. For yeah, this. he's being prosecuted and he's like facing uh, potential jail time because, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Mike Peterson. I think he put a lot of other people falsely in right. jail. And we like briefly uh, meet one of the guys who I think you casted. Dip. Yeah, his name's Greg Taylor and he is played. He is a poor man's Trent Reznor. Wow. Okay, that is the weirdest cast. Um, yeah. Uh, he totally is, and I can't wait to show you a side by side. Okay, I'm gonna need that side by side. I'm gonna need that side by side because I I can't I can't envision it in my mind. Um, um. Oh, I thought that the brother Bill, before he got that, um, I think everyone that gains a little bit of weight. I mean, I years know, go by. I feel, bad, I feel bad saying that he sat his brothers away, but he did put on some lbs. But pre-gaining of the weight, he could be played by Bill Gates, if Bill Gates acted. Oh, okay. I see that. Oh, and then um, also, Tim Palmback, you might not remember him, but he's the forensic expert. He plays more of a role in later in the series on trial. Um, can be played by Matt Walsh, who is the communications director on V. That's right. That's right. Yes, he that's totally true. Is. And my I, and my last guy, Ron, who was the white-haired guy, who's like the investigator that the defense attorney uses throughout the entire series. Right, he's like an ex-cop. Yeah, he yeah. will be played by Donald Sutherland. Oh, well. great cast, great cast, guys. Thank you. These are going to be side by side. You'll see them on Twitter. You'll see them on uh, Acast if you download the app, which you should, because there's. All these little bonus goodies, these little pictures will pop up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Guys, that's been The Staircase. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did or, like, sort of did. And tell us if you like our casting. You can tweet at us at ObsessionPod. That's right. Tweet us at ObsessionPod. And then also let us know what stuff you'd like us to um, watch and review. We've got a couple of really great suggestions from folks, and we really appreciate that you send them to us because we're obsessed with TV, Uh, not just true crime crime. stuff, just a bunch of other stuff. Like right now I'm obsessed with every Bravo show. 
I mean, are, that's been for like the any. last. That's been for like the last couple of years, but I really got back into like the Real Housewives. Just I've again. never watched Real Housewives. I'm gonna watch the next season with you, Layla. Yes, I'm watching The Bachelor. I watched The Bachelor a couple seasons over a decade ago, like very, very, very long time ago. And I'm now watching The Bachelor again, and I am so into it. It is so painful to watch, but we'll so we'll do reality. We'll do a documentary. We'll do scripted. Hey, maybe we'll do an episode. Maybe we'll do an episode on this season of The Bachelor, just because. I have never seen an episode like of the ever, Bachelor. ever. Oh my ever, god, ever, ever. I've never it's, seen one. It's just, it's such a so bad. It's good. Uh, so I'm mainly watching The Bachelor for the jokes, but also yeah. I'm watching it with like two of my friends. Uh, we don't watch it together in the same room, but we like talk about it at length. And yeah, it's so much fun. Right. And that's kind of the point of this podcast. You guys, we are just we are here. We're watching TV with you. There's stuff out there that we should watch. Let us know. We will watch it. We will talk about it. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been The Staircase. We will be back soon with a brand new show to talk about on Obsession Sessions. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.